You are listening to the Dabble Co. Podcast. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien. In healthcare, we have so many questions about what's trending versus what's actually the truth. So on this show, we're going to get to the bottom of it. It's health, it's wellness, it's beauty, explained by the people who actually know what they're talking about. guys welcome back to the dabble co podcast apologies sincerely for my absence for the last couple of weeks um but i have been moving and doing all the moving things um so i feel like i'm just kind of trying to get back into the swing of things but we my little family uh, moved from charleston south carolina to nashville tennessee probably about a month ago. Um, and so I made a couple trips up here. We're actually in a rental house cause we're building a house. And so there's like 8 million moving parts. Um, and also just doing a tough ton of stuff we've got going on with skin click. So I've, I don't know, I've just been, it's like, I'm neglecting one of my children. So I'm sorry, but I actually was going to answer. Well, so first of all, today I was supposed to record with, um, a lovely physician, um, a woman in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, that we like legit could not get the internet situation worked out. So now I'm just going to do a 10 questions cause I haven't done one in a while. And I actually asked a 10 questions a couple weeks ago and picked the questions that I was going to answer and then literally never answered them. So, so sorry, here we are. Let's go. Um, start with an easy one. Where do I dream of traveling to and why? Um, I feel like I dream of traveling to New Zealand or Australia Um, It just seems really amazing and beautiful, but um, just very far away and haven't made basically the time commitment to go there yet. I also have not been anywhere in Asia and would love to do something over there, possibly India. I don't know. Um, I just want to go farther than I've already been and haven't, you know, made the time. I feel like with little kids, it can be tough. I think you need like, you need like a solid 10 to 12, 14 days to go over there. And our kids are little. I just probably wouldn't take them on a plane for that long. I can't imagine. I mean, a car ride, a long car ride is enough. So to be trapped on a plane with young children going there, seems like a nightmare. And I'll be honest too, like, I don't mind traveling and having young kids and leaving my kids for a few days. Um, but the last time I was supposed to go anywhere remotely difficult, I was supposed to go to Uganda when my now five-year-old was almost two and I hadn't been back to Africa in years. And so I was so excited. It had been, you know, four or five years. I've been to Nicaragua a bunch since then, but Um, and it was December and she was sick before we left. And then she kind of got sicker and sicker and then she was really sick. And we were like, gosh, maybe we shouldn't go. And she ended up being hospitalized for RSV, um, for like a, for for like a day. So it was, she was fine. But basically the whole time she was in the hospital, we would have been on a plane and not even known what was going on. I don't know. And that just, you know, didn't sit well with me. So I just felt like, all right, for a little while, we probably won't go anywhere that requires like a solid 24 hour travel day to get there. So, um, but yeah, those are probably the next places that I'd love to go. Okay. Keratosis pilaris or KP. Does anything work for those bumps on the back of the arm? So I don't know if you guys have heard of KP or keratosis pilaris, but it's these little bumps, um, that you get on, people can get on the back of their arms and women, it's really common in women. Some children actually will get it. And it's, referred to as like chicken flesh or goose flesh. Um, it normally, it doesn't really hurt or itch per se. 
Um, but it's just annoying and particularly for women wearing like a tank top or a bathing suit and you can get really red and kind of irritated looking on the back. Um, so the reason that happens is because it's a buildup of keratin or like, which is a protein that builds up in the pores where the hair follicles are and, um, just gives that kind of chicken fleshy appearance. So there are several topicals you can use for that. Um, urea is a good ingredient. So you can look for a lotion with urea. I believe CeraVe makes one. Um, CeraVe also makes a product called CeraVe SA, which is salicylic acid. You can use that. Um, and also there are several things that you use on the face that you can throw on the back of the arms. So, um, retinoids can go back there glycolic acids, um, things that are going to exfoliate those pores. Similar, Think about it similarly to your face, truly. You're exfoliating those pores and trying to get the keratin out to reduce those bumps from happening. Um, there, it's really common, um, particularly in women. There's also a lotion that um, IS Clinical makes called Body Complex, and that is a really good one for keratosis pilaris as well. So there's so many of these little benign skin conditions that are just annoying and they're not going to cause problems, but they just, they, you know, you don't love the look of it. And sometimes they do kind of hurt and I feel like get a little bit irritated. You don't want to rub them or pick at them or, you know, do anything that would make it worse or get more, you know, inflamed and even infected looking. So don't try to get it off. Some people say dry brushing, I don't know. I tried dry brushing one time and felt like, why would anybody want to do this? It just felt, I don't know, kind of torturous. Like you're taking a dry brush and rubbing it on your skin. I tried it on my legs. I don't know. You know, not everything for everybody. Um, okay. Next question. Once vaccinated, is it okay to fly and do most things, even if kids are not just my opinion on it all is what this person asked for. Um, this is my opinion. I think what is the point of getting vaccinated if it doesn't make it okay for you to go and live your life? Um, So what we're seeing now, I know that people want the CDC, you've kind of got two trains of thought. So like Israel, for example, vaccinated everybody and then we're like, hey, once you get vaccinated, go out and live your life. So that was kind of one way to do it. But they also had a country where almost everyone was willing to get vaccinated and they did it really quickly and they had a great, quick, efficient rollout. And then you have America where our rollout was like kind of a cluster um, and a lot of people are hesitant about the vaccine. They're waiting for more data, long-term data, all of this to come out. Um, And the CDC isn't going to change its recommendations until they have the data showing that it's okay to do that, right? So that's why even though people in the medical community have felt for quite some time that being being outside without masks is totally fine, well, we don't know that. All of this is new, right? And so the CDC is waiting for there to actually be evidence showing that this is okay until they come out and change their recommendations. So um, my opinion um, is that once you're vaccinated, I, I feel like if you're vaccinated and you're not a super high-risk person, um, then yeah, why would it not be okay to fly? So there's also been interesting data. I read an article recently that was showing that um, you're more likely to get COVID in an office building than on an airplane because in the airplane, they're using HEPA filters. Everybody's got their mask on, possibly people even double masking. You know, a lot of people are taking tons of precautions, cleaning surfaces now, even though we know that COVID doesn't really transmit easily on surfaces. So um, yeah, to me, once you're vaccinated, it's totally fine. And, and the interesting thing with children is 
you know, we just, again, as, as time goes on and as time keeps passing, we are seeing children less and less affected by this. It's less significant for children, I think, than not all children. Again, nobody is saying, you know, all children are low risk and fine. You may have a child with an immune dysfunction, autoimmune disorder, you know, or has had a transplant or who knows, you know, there's a million different things that could be affecting you or your loved one or your child that may make, have you in a position where you need to make different decisions. So it's just so different for every single person. But, um, my personal opinion is that, and, and I would say the same for most medical people that I know is that once you're vaccinated, yeah, you can pretty much do what you want. And, and the kids are unlikely, less likely to get it. But if they do, then, you know, you're less like extremely unlikely to get it if you're vaccinated. And even if you are vaccinated, you're extremely unlikely to have difficult, um, complications from it. So that's my two cents. If you don't agree, um, you're welcome to tell me so. Um, and I will tell you why more about why that's my opinion, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think. Um, does the vaccine last long-term? I've heard we'll need to get multiple boosters times, oh, boosters multiple times, true or false. Um, so again, we just don't know yet. So right now the people that are, were in the Pfizer trial, um, that started last year still have immunity, um, which is great. And so that's, it's something that's just going to come with time. I think, um, we might see that each vaccine is different. So, um, I know there have been some scientists that were involved with Pfizer recently that came out and said that they might need a booster, but we also just, I mean, they're just guessing. They don't know. They're saying we're waiting to see how long this immunity lasts. Yeah, maybe. Um, to be honest, there are very few vaccines that last a lifetime. Um, a lot of vaccines need a booster. Something like the flu shot you get every single year. That's different. That's for different reasons. There's different strains and um, just different things they're looking at with the flu every year. But yeah, I mean, we, we might need a booster. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows and can really accurately answer that question right now, but it's certainly possible, um, that we'll need a booster. And I just, I'm not really sure why that's being used as an argument right now. Like, I guess it, I guess people would like for it to play into the big pharma argument, um, of, you know, that this theory that big pharma has like created this whole entire thing so that they can, you know, vaccinate the population, you know, multiple times a year and yada, yada. But I, I just think that people fail to remember that on the other side is an entire community of medical professionals that is separate from big pharma. Um, I think it's really easy to say that, you know, we're all big shills for big pharma and we're over here like, waiting on the big pharma check. Like, where is my check? I mean, people will write me on Instagram and say that I am getting paid to promote the vaccine. And I'm like, girl, I wish somebody would pay me to promote the vaccine because I'm out here promoting it and, and nobody is paying me. In fact, it costs me money to host this podcast and it costs me money, you know, to do stuff on Instagram. Like it, I don't make any money off of it. So it's really quite laughable. Um, I just don't know where that misinformation comes from, but once it's out there, it's really hard to rein it in and get it back. So, um, yeah, big pharma or not, you have to remember there's an entire medical community that's working tirelessly on this, um, on this issue. So I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I 
am not getting paid by anyone at this point, particularly not Big Pharma. But call me, Pfizer, because I'm on your team for life. So if you've been following DabbleCo and me for any length of time, you know that I'm super careful with anybody that I endorse or any partnership or brand here. So the goal is always to share evidence-based medicine and things backed by actual science with our audience and our followers. So I was thrilled when BetterHelp approached me to do a partnership with them. So thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is an online platform that connects you to counseling in an incredibly convenient and affordable way, which I think are the two biggest barriers to counseling, access and affordability. So I was actually really surprised when I looked up their rates for counseling. They were a third of what I feel like I've ever heard and what I've personally paid. Um, It solves both of the problems with literally the click of a button on the internet. So I have personally seen the benefits of counseling. I know firsthand how important it is, and I know it plays a crucial role in mental health. So check them out, and they will know that I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling if you head to betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Um, So it's super easy, betterhelp.com slash dabbleco. Thanks, guys. Um, Next question. This is a really good one. Is there scientific evidence that sleeping... (laughs) I guess they said, is there scientific evidence that sleeping with a 63 degree temperature actually helps? I don't know who asked that, but that's funny because that is what my husband put it on the other night. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack or a stroke because it was so cold. Um, However, I will say in his defense that there is actually evidence that sleeping in cooler temperatures is helpful. So if you're a person who likes to sleep with it hot, um, you may not sleep as well, but So apparently the ideal, the most ideal temperature is around 65, which is pretty chilly. Um, But it's different for everybody. And for some people, they may need it colder than that. And for some people, they may need it a little bit warmer than that. But if it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, there's an kind of an ideal cooler temperature. um, But if you're too cold, it's going to disrupt your sleep. If you're too hot, it's going to disrupt your, disrupt your sleep. Um, but that's also why I bought Ed a chili pad for Christmas. I don't know if y'all heard, have heard of the chili pad, um, but it is this thing you put on the bed. Listen, it was expensive, but I basically, like, I don't ever, I've, I don't remember the last time I bought Ed a present. Like, he doesn't really, he's not a present guy. He doesn't love birthday Christmas stuff. So when I find something, it's usually, like, a big, a big ticket item. Um, but it's this thing that you put on your mattress under your sheet. And it has these little tiny, um, like water channels that go through it. And he has a side and a temperature and I have a side and a temperature and it can go up to 115 degrees. The water goes up that hot, but so you don't feel the 115 degrees. Otherwise you'd be like sweating to death and then down to 55, um, which is chilly. So in the winter when he is like sleeping with the windows open and like the fan on and it's you know, 50 degrees outside or 40, whatever. And I'm freezing to death. Um, I have my, I've been loving my chili pad, but then sometimes, you know, it just gets kind of hot at night and or stagnant. And we're in this rental house now where there's like this weird situation with the air. And it's like, we have like six air vents on, in our room and our children have like none. So it's, it's just, there's just a weird situation happening. I don't know what's going on over there. So we'll tr- try to get it right. But anyway, so we have a chili pad Yes, it is actually better. Um, there's a few things that have been shown to to help people sleep. So darkness, white noise, uh, like sleep hygiene type things, um, having a, a cooler temperature, 
And, um, you know, a big thing about sleep hygiene is trying to keep a similar bedtime every night um, is a big one with sleep hygiene. Not doing anything stimulating before bed, and that includes your phone. Like, your phone before bed is a huge one. Um, I wish I was better at that, but I, you know, I try not to be on my phone all day every day and with my kids um, and just in general. And so then I find that at, at night I'm just have this kind of time to myself, typically right before I go to bed. So I should definitely be better about it, but I'm not. Um, so stimulation before bed, you know, lots of lights before bed. So TV on is not good, um, but white noise is good. And um, yeah, I even sleep with earplugs because I, I don't know, I just like it having the same level of sound all night. Now I'm like kind of a, I've become kind of a weirdo about sound, um, which I don't know. It was maybe in my old crotchety age. Um, okay. Next question. Great question. Gardasil for 11 year old. Um, hubby's a veterinarian and we've had the COVID vaccine, but still unsure. So, uh, Gardasil. Yeah, I think is an incredible vaccine. Um, as someone who practiced in a head and neck cancer practice for eight years and saw countless, countless, countless cases of HPV mediated, um, oropharyngeal cancers, meaning, okay, so Gardasil, if you, if you don't know, Gardasil is a series of three vaccines or three shots that protects against the most likely strains that cause strains of human papillomavirus that are most likely to cause, um, cervical cancer, oral cancer, and actually penile cancer. So this affects boys and girls. It is not just the cervical cancer vaccine anymore. It's now approved for boys. Um, And the biggest reason for that has been oropharyngeal cancers. I mean, over, so the the numbers, it's, it's interesting. I don't even think the numbers have caught up yet to the statistics because testing every oropharyngeal cancer or tumor for HPV really is, is a newer thing. So I think it's, there's going to be a little bit of lag time, but, um, the last time I was aware of it, it was over 40 or 50% of uh, oral cancer or oropharyngeal cancers were associated with HPV. Um, basically meaning they were preventable and, you know, what's interesting and frustrating to me as one, a parent, to a Christian parent, and I'm going somewhere with this, it's really frustrating to me to hear Christians say they're not going to give their kid the STD vaccine. And here's why. One, you don't have to have had sex to contract HPV. Sorry. Um, That's the most likely, but it's not the only way. Two, uh, 92 to 98 percent of married Americans or people in America have had sexual intercourse before they've gotten married. So even if your child is in that two to five or two to six percent of people, sorry, I'm bad at math, two two to eight percent, whatever, that has not had sex before marriage, you don't know if their partner has. Um, And so you're at, you're putting on your, uh, your adult child, um, you know, your beliefs about something, um, that's really wildly inaccurate. Um, it's not an STD vaccine. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not permission to give, you're not giving your child permission to go out and have sex. First of all, why are you telling, like, I don't explain to my five-year-old, like what the polio vaccine is before she gets it. I don't explain 
like what influenza is and her risk and how it might affect her as an adult and like diphtheria and pertussis and everything else that we vaccinate for meningitis. I mean, I I don't explain to her. It's we go to the doctor and you get the shot, the end, like (laughs) the end. So why does anybody need to have a conversation with their 11 year old about how you might just, this is a vaccine that helps prevent certain cancers or just we're getting a, you have to get a shot there doesn't need to be much more conversation about it. If you if you feel like you have that relationship with your child where you want to have more of a conversation about um, there's certain viruses that can cause cancer, sure. I mean, that that is not incorrect information. You can still give your child incorrect, and I mean, excuse me, you can still give your child correct information, anatomically con- correct, medically, physiologically correct information without you know, giving them, quote unquote, giving them permission to go out and have sex. Like what planet is that on? Because also HPV is certainly not the only and certainly not the worst, um, you know, STD your kid could catch anyway. So I hope they don't take that as permission. And if they do, then you're teaching it wrong because that ain't the worst thing that could happen. It certainly doesn't prevent pregnancy, doesn't prevent, you know, HIV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis. You know, there's just a whole host that has nothing to do with Gardasil. So um, I had it. I was one of the first people to have it because my um, dad started carrying it in his practice. So he obviously felt comfortable enough to give it to his child. Um, When I was like, I think I was in high school when I got it. It just came out. And and my children certainly will be receiving it. Um, I have two girls, but if I had a boy, uh, he would as as well. I think um, uh, it's just, it's, it's too important. Um, it's just too, too important. It's too important not to. And take the cervical cancer out of it. If you think you're getting off the hook because you have boys, you're, you're wrong. Um, oral cancer, mouth, throat, that's all or, falls in the category of oropharyngeal. And, you know, if you want to... So uh, the makers of Gardasil um, did this commercial a couple of years ago. And I literally, when this commercial came out, I'm not exaggerating, I wept. What the commercial was, it was adults with oral cancer. So it was like a 40, 50-year-old adult um, going into surgery, losing their jaw, losing their mouth, their tongue, losing their ability to speak and eat, getting a tracheostomy, going through chemo, going through radiation, and looking at their parents, and they were saying, did you know? And it was flashing back to them as children, looking at their parents saying, did you know? And what they're asking is, did you know that there was a vaccine I could have gotten that would have prevented all of this for me? And I was like, I can't imagine as a parent saying no to my child. Like, it's just, I I just can't imagine. And I guess because I know the heart's, um, in the, the minds of the people that create these vaccines and that, um, that practice medicine. And, you know, I, I just, I don't understand the distrust, but I'll tell you, I've been on the other side and I've seen the repercussions of an entire generation that did not get the benefits of having this vaccine. Um, and these cancers are ruthless and they're devastating. Um, and they're just, they're unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I I would say please talk to your doctor more um, if you have questions, but I, my children will be certainly be getting it. Um, update us on Nashville Life. Oh, gosh, sorry. I feel like I kind of like already did, but let me up. So Nashville Life is great. We had um, really great friends that have moved here um, in the last couple of years, and 
it's, you know, Nashville's a much bigger city than Charleston. And so for what, for what Ed does, um, and really for what I do too, just, there's just a lot, um, there's so much healthcare in Nashville. There's so many different connections that we can make, um, here. It's been really neat to be here. We walked right into a community of amazing friends. Um, you know, we miss our friends in Charleston, but, um, it's just, it was just, I don't know, it was just time for us to move and the kids have friends and it's just been really great. We like the weather. It's, there's, you know, like no humidity compared to Charleston. It feels like we feel like we're in the mountains on vacation. It's awesome. Um, so we're living a little bit out in the suburbs. Um, we're building in a place called Brentwood that's right a little bit South of Nashville. I still like don't know where anything is. So, um, I'm probably not even saying this correctly, but right now we are living in this little rental house on this farm in Franklin. It is hilarious. Um, We like basically don't have internet, which is kind of good, but also kind of annoying. There's a lot of turkeys on our property. So there's a whole saga with the turkeys. There's this one like male turkey that's constantly like trying to hump the other female turkeys. It's just a lot. There's a lot going on over there, but we love it. Um, So thank you for asking. Y'all are always really kind to ask what's going on. Um, how to advocate best for yourself when you feel like your doctor or doctors are dismissive. Oh man. I mean, this is, this is tough because it happens. And, you know, I I said this a little bit on the last podcast with Caitlin DePore, who's a, our board certified health coach. Um, I was like, listen, the reason that the wellness industry is as big as it is, is because Patients obviously feel like there's a lack of education, a lack of understanding, and a lack of empathy. Um, And they're seeking answers elsewhere because they feel like they're not getting it from their providers. So it's really sad, and it's it's hard. I mean, I'll say just just remember a couple of things. One, you aren't like legally bound to your doctor or your provider. You can always get a second opinion. You can change at any point. If for some reason you're in a position where your doctor is so specialized or you're in a town where this is the only person that does this or whatever, I mean, I would just encourage you to remember this person is also human. They are likely, likely, yeah, there are bad apples, but they're likely really trying to do their best and really trying to help you. Um, And I think saying, even saying something like, Hey, can we, can we take a step back? I really feel like you're not, you're not hearing me. Um, you know, if a patient ever said that to, to me, um, that would be very jarring to me. And I, because I think we all can get busy in our days. I think we can get in a hurry. Um, and it's easy to say, I see this all the time. It's not a big deal, you know, move on. Or, you know, when things are quietly affecting a person and you can't really see the symptoms of what's going on, I think it's, it's hard, it's hard to be empathetic, um, in those situations. And, and that's, and empathy doesn't actually, you know, doesn't equate with making the best medical decisions. So we need to remember that even just explaining to patients, you know, why you're making the decisions that you're making, um, can be hugely impactful. So, it's tough. It is, it's, it is really tough. Um, and I think just taking a step back and remembering they're human too, but all, and also we just don't talk about second opinions enough. Like this is a thing. It is totally a thing and it is totally fine for you to get one, get a second, get a third opinion. Um, and anybody I feel like who really is confident in their 
decision making in their plans um, for you as a patient should welcome it and say, you know, yeah, maybe that person has something that I, I've, I haven't thought of yet or, you know, whatever it is. So um, I actually listened to the podcast with myself and Katie Boucher. It's something about unicorns in the title because um, we both had very weird, rare medical conditions. Um, and we talked about that for like an hour. Um, why am I gaining weight, pushing 40 exercise, eat right and scale gradually goes up? Well, shit. Um, so as we age one, we lose muscle mass, um, two, your basal metabolic rate, which is just your natural metabolism, um, starts to drop and it is, it is harder to keep weight off and keep muscle mass up as you age. Um, so you may just need to change something up, switch it up. Um, I'm certainly not a weight expert, but you know, I do know that there are really some unfortunate, simple things that happen, um, as we get older that just make it harder to lose weight and keep it off. Um, and that is a big, huge bummer. Um, are you, I would say, are you getting, are you lifting weights or are you just doing the same cardio or, you know, are you switching up what you're doing? It's frustrating. Um, I hear you. I hear you. I would go, um, I would recommend going to see, um, someone who really specializes in, in weight, um, you can always get, also get your thyroid tested. Um, the most common time that we find thyroid dysfunction is in our late thirties, um, early forties for women. And we also always really, women really want it to be their thyroid and typically it's, it's just not, but it never hurts to get that tested. Never, never. It's super easy blood work. Um, but yeah, I would, if you're really having an issue, um, it's worth finding, um, someone who really is. And there, now there are physicians who they create another board certification for, um, basically weight, weight and like lifestyle management. And that might be, might be helpful. Um, so last one, we'll end on an easy one, a high note. Okay. This is funny. Cause I'm that dear, very much this person. You do your skincare routine in the morning. Then you need to shower, you go to the gym, whatever you need to shower mid- midday what do you do? Okay. If you're doing your skincare routine at like six or seven in the morning, eight, whatever, and you go on about your day and then let's say you work out at one or two o'clock and you need to take a shower. I personally wouldn't shower cause I never shower. I hate showering. Um, but I would wash my face because I break out. So your skincare should be predominantly absorbed by that time. Um, so I wash my face, um, or use like a a toning pad as a wipe, um, midday. And then I will reapply sunscreen, but I won't reapply the rest of my stuff because it should be absorbed by that time. And then I'll just do my nighttime routine. So yeah, you're good. You don't have to, you don't have to redo the whole shebang. Um, I hope that was helpful. And also just on a note about not showering, if you uh, guys would like to know more about washing your hair less and, training it with dry shampoo, I want to find like an actual answer about this because I totally do that and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I never wash my hair. I hate it. Um, really irrelevant, but I just felt like I needed to throw that in. As always, if you like the content, if you like hearing from medical providers who are really here to help you make informed choices, please rate, subscribe, send it to your friends, and I'll see you guys in the next week or two. 